0: Of St. Louis original podcast.
1: This is the STL All Local podcast from KMOX. I'm Michael Calhoun with the local news you need to start the week. Our top story on this Monday, February 27th. The suspect and the tragedy of a visiting volleyball player appeared in court today.
2: The parents of a 17-year-old girl from Tennessee who lost her legs in a downtown crash were in a St. Louis courtroom for the bail hearing of Daniel Riley. They remain in town as the girl faces additional surgeries. And the mother told the judge, Janae Edmondson says she doesn't want Riley to hurt anyone else like he did to her. The father says he could still hear the roar of the engine from Riley's car as it blew through a yield sign causing a chain of collisions at Pingenay. The emotional hearing concluded with the judge ruling Riley must remain in jail on second-degree assault charges along with driving without a license. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News.
1: And St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner gets her first order from the judge assigned to decide whether to remove her from office. Kim Gardner is ordered to file
0: her pleading to the petition that would remove her within two weeks or she would lose by default. One legal observer tells us that's a warp speed time track. Usually you get a month to respond. Also, the Missouri Attorney General who says Gardner is guilty of willful criminal neglect of her duties filed a notice to take Gardner's Videotaped deposition on April 14. Gardner supporters are planning a mid morning rally in the courthouse steps downtown to protest what they call the unprecedented attacks on her office. Kevin Colleen, KMOX News.
2: Now, the latest from Missouri's capital.
1: Stiffer penalties for carjackers. That's what Republican Representative Brad Christ is trying to accomplish with House Bill 570.
2: Currently in the burglary statute in Missouri, motor vehicles are not in the statute. So it would It would corner vehicles in the burglary statute, and increase and increase those penalties if someone were obviously, to commit that crime, and then it increases it if they commit it with a firearm
1: as well. The other aspect of the bill makes it a crime to jiggle door handles, which a number of municipalities already do. A bill to throw some shade on Missouri sunshine law was passed by the Senate Government Accountability Committee heading to the full Senate. It would shield lawmakers from providing records about legislation except for what is available already in public meetings. Senator Andrew Koenig authored the bill, saying the sunshine law passed by Missouri voters is being abused. Governor Parson signed a bill into law today raising the pay of most state workers by 8.7 percent. The increase comes after a 7.5 percent pay raise last year but still leaves the state below many retailers when it comes to hourly wages. Investigators are trying to understand what touched off the shooting in DuPo Sunday that left two men dead and a police officer wounded. Police say the gunman, 40-year-old Reginald Allen, had worked in construction with the man he killed, 46-year-old Daryl Mance. What was the issue between them?
0: Yeah, we're looking into that, into whether if it was money-related, drug-related, a female issue. We, we are not sure, so yeah, we're looking into every aspect of it.
1: The families of Illinois' fallen first responders may not have to wait anymore to get death benefits. A bill to assure the account that pays them remains funded is being considered by the legislature, with Controller Susanna Mendoza urging it to be passed.
2: We will make sure the families of these fallen heroes are able to remain financially secure during their most vulnerable time.
1: The fund sometimes runs out, leaving families of the fallen having to wait until the legislature appropriates more money. The following year. The KMOX Business Desk, Eat Well, a niche grocery store created by Schnucks, will be open for the first time on Wednesday, March 29th. The 30,000 square foot store at Boone's Crossing and Chesterfield features what they consider to be healthier offerings with more natural and organic foods. <laughs> As the news continues on KMOX, gun violence is now the leading cause of death for children and teens in the U.S. And most impacted are young black men. We know this here in our area. CBS News special correspondent Ted Koppel visits a city that's probably most comparable to St. Louis, Baltimore, to learn about a new approach having an actual impact in one of the toughest neighborhoods.
0: Jamal West heads up youth work for a program called ROCA. And You knew a lot of the people that these ribbons represent,
3: right? A wide number of them, yes. How did they end up dead? It's a kill or be killed city. It's what goes on here. They'd rather shoot than fight. In the old days, it's easy to take one on the chin, fight back, shake hands, and it's over. But now these days, with so much access to firearms, it's easier to shoot than be embarrassed by a fight on Instagram.
0: What does that say about our community here?
3: broken homes, lack of education, lack of resources.
0: What's missing in the lives of so many of these young men is a foundation, something solid. ROCA, the program that Jamal works for, the name is Spanish for rock.
3: Yes, I got everything in order, like you told me to.
2: My man.
0: Our crew rode along with Jamal and Amar Mukunda, the assistant director of programming at ROCA Baltimore, as they checked on young men in the program.
2: How you doing? Your emotions show through
0: in your body language. language. If you're mad, we're going to see it. Rooker engages in what they call relentless outreach. So we got a little situation with Ricardo
3: here. They call Mayweather.
0: Mayweather, what's up, brother? Whether the young men want to be found or not, Rooker keeps after them.
2: I got a message for you. Yes. Stop ducking me.
0: This young man hadn't been in touch with Roka for more than
3: three weeks. What's your next off day? Same. No, I need to know a day,
2: brother. We don't care if you don't want to be a part of Roka. We understand that if you're not with us, the likelihood of you being in jail or killed by gun violence is very, very high, so we keep coming back.
3: I'm going to pass the ball.
0: Roca has several branches on the East Coast. Kurt Palermo runs Roka Baltimore. Why is so much gun violence in
2: Baltimore Kurt? It's too easy to get a gun in Baltimore, and I don't know that the young men that we work with feel that there's any consequence. A lot of them will tell us they pull the gun out of the drawer like we put a belt on. It's, I feel unsafe, and if I see the individual that I'm having an issue with, I'm going to pull out that gun and shoot them before they shoot me. And that is directly related to trauma, and that really is the root cause of violence.
0: In a setting where the most profitable business is the sale of drugs.
3: Unless you live here and see it, you would never believe that this block generates about 20000 a day.
0: It's all day, every day. $20,000 a day passing through just one block.
2: There's a lot of people on that block. There's a structure as well. So the guys at the bottom, they're not keeping anything close to
0: that. What's a bad year in Baltimore? One homicide is a bad year. We have a lot of expectations to keep us under a 300 mark. That's 300 homicides a year she's talking about. Colonel Monique Brown, she's been with the Baltimore Police Department for 22 years. We have not slowed down in our arrests. We most certainly have not slowed down in the number of gun seizures that we recover daily. So policing constitutionally and making sure that we are building those relationships and strengthening them for our community to trust us more, goes a long way. And as one path toward building those relationships, the Baltimore police have been referring young men to the ROCA program. We don't necessarily want to only use the one tool in the toolbox, which is putting young people into a criminal justice pathway. We would prefer to pull them out and see them have more positive outcomes for their lives. Sheldon Smith-Gray is 25 now. He was such a chubby kid that he's still known by his street name, Snacks. Back in the day, Snacks was pulling down as much as $2,000 a week selling drugs.
3: I lost people to gun violence, lost people to drug overdoses, suicide, jail, prison. Dealing
0: drugs led to two stints in jail. After a violation of probation on a gun charge, Snacks was referred to Roca. What was it, do you think, that made you let him in?
3: Just tired, like, tired of everything. People are dying over senseless things. Like, how we staring at each other, people die over that. People die over the stupid things.
0: Jaleel Dorsey is a former drug dealer who came very close to proving that point. He was working construction, driving with his boss, who cut another driver off. Nothing to do with
3: drugs. Road rage. He was trying to aim for the driver, but instead I got hit. The bullet shattered his collarbone.
0: Jalil was in the hospital for six days. That bullet is still lodged in his back, still causing medical problems. Police referred Jalil to Roka.
3: Roka got into my life. When they came to my grandmother house, knocked on the door. I was just coming home from the hospital.
0: What I'm wondering is what it is about these people that made you say, Yeah.
3: Once they took me under their arms and they really embraced me when I got shot and I came home, I didn't ask them to do nothing and they did it on their own. That's what really made me oh. This is what you call home. This is what you call family. This is what you call people that really care about you, that really want you to succeed and not be another statistic.
1: We've had several programs and approaches proposed in St. Louis City to address crime, including some that are similar to that. But has the follow-through been there? For instance, in 2015, St. Louis leaders, shadowed by this reporter, went to Kansas City to learn about their focused deterrence approach. In 2016, St. Louis announced a plan called PEER, focusing on prevention and intervention. In 2017, the government Proposed a plan including regular highway patrol on the interstates. We're now talking about getting the same thing happening. In 2018, a new spin on hotspot policing called Chief Hayden's Rectangle. In 2019, a new governor announced a program called Mission Save to target the most violent individuals. In 2020, a debate at City Hall over whether or how far to implement cure violence, where trained people intervene in conflicts. As we continue on KMOX, let's bring you part two of the in-depth story we brought you earlier in this newscast from CBS News. We go to a St. Louis contemporary Baltimore to learn about an approach which seeks out at-risk people and changes the way they think in an effort to reduce violence, change the way they respond to stress. How do they do that? Once again, here's CBS News special correspondent Ted Koppel.
3: No matter where y'all start at, no matter what y'all going through, y'all gonna be where y'all want to be. Y'all just got to stick to the plan.
0: Bro. Ruka works with young men for four years until they've built critical job yeah, I mean, education no, no, no. and life skills.
2: You have young men who feel scared and anxious and they think everyone and everything is out to get them. So when they're in that situation, their reaction is fight, flight or freeze and they don't think. And how do you change that? So what we do is rooted in brain science. It takes about 18 to 24 months to see sustained behavior change. There's some alternatives to my behavior. What's some of the alternatives?
0: It's called CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And with these young men, it can literally change and even save their lives.
2: What you doing? You bottling all that up, right?
3: By
0: teaching them to change their thought patterns.
2: If you bottle all of that up, it only takes a small little, little pinprick to make you explode. So if I see someone I'm having an issue with across the street and I immediately think they're looking at me and they're disrespecting me, I need to take eight to 10 seconds to say, did they even see me or am I about to react because of that trauma? It's all that stuff that was built up on the inside that you didn't deal with.
0: What's right. taught at Roca is a version of CBT that's been adapted for young men whose brains are still developing.
2: Is that important? Over time, the brain can change the neural pathways through the reuse of CBT over and over, whether it's a conversation on a stoop, whether it's in a classroom, whether it's before the young people go to work group, they will replace those old, unhelpful behaviors with new ones that are in line with their values. It's not only what happens to you, that's only 20%, but how you react to it,
1: that's the other
0: 80%. The young men in Roca practice these skills of pausing between feeling and doing Almost every day.
1: If you can act intentionally
3: and actually sit back and think before you react, that's when, you, that's when you're that's very powerful.
0: Basically, it's think before you do, right? Yes, sir. Now, that's easy for me to say. Sometimes it's not so easy to do, right?
3: I had just lost my mother around that time, and somebody basically sat up here and said, Oh, you're going to end up just like your mother. I wanted to react so bad, but I had to really remind myself, oh, I'm going to just prove them that I'm nothing like my mother. And that's all I did. I didn't react. So I didn't want to go out here and do something stupid, and I'll be behind bars for the rest of my life.
0: Jalil, who is only 26, has five children and a long way to go before he can take full responsibility for them. But these days, he's making the effort.
2: He has made a lot of good choices in the last year to put himself in a better position, but Jaleel is very much in a vulnerable state. We've only been working with him for a year. He still struggles with homelessness. He still struggles with physical and mental pain that he has from being a gunshot victim. I hate to put it this way, but Jaleel could easily be somebody who's back in the streets, easily. It's our job to make sure that doesn't happen.
3: I came a long way from nothing to something, man.
0: You're proud of what you've done. You should be.
3: And I know my mother looking and my sister's looking over me, so I can't do that. How do you measure
2: success? For young people who have been in ROCA for two years or longer, 85% have not had rearrests, which is significant because the vast majority, if not all of the young men that we engage with, have been arrested or incarcerated at some point in their life.
1: That's CBS News special correspondent Ted Koppel from a dangerous neighborhood in Baltimore with a program that has had results in that city. It's called ROCA. And the website, if you'd like more information, rocainc.org, KMOX. We're always looking for ideas from other cities that have a track record and could help St. Louis. Thank you for listening. I'm Michael Calhoun. Subscribe to the STL, all local podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And we'll be back with another news update right here in the morning.